Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church to make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. I want to share about allowing God to use you because, you know, sometimes we could come to church and because somebody's standing up here about four feet from the floor and you guys sitting there, sometimes we think that the people that God uses are the people that are standing on a stage or on an altar. And it's not the case. God wants to use every single one of us. So I want you to put your arms around somebody that's close to you and tell them God wants to use you. Tell them, more specifically, tell them God wants you to leave a mark. And I want to talk to you guys a little bit about something that I did not write. This is actually, you can find it in, in the internet. Uh, the author is unknown, so I love to give the person credit, but I can't because it's unknown. I want to talk to you about the parable of the pencil. You'd probably think that we got together with David Maldonado this morning. He talked about a parable, and he was explaining about what a parable is. But God must be up to something. Yeah. A parable, and he explained this excellently this morning. Jesus used parables a lot, and what it is is you use an everyday thing to explain something that's not common. So Jesus came, and he wanted to be able to share kingdom principles. And so people could understand that he'd use things that people know. And if you see in the Bible, a lot of the things that Jesus used were things that have to do with agriculture because back then the people used to, you know, they were farmers. They used to farm. So a lot of the parables that you see in the Bible have to do, you know, with sowing and reaping. And you're like, you probably came to church and you've never in your life heard the word reaping. What in the world is reaping, right? <laughs> but coming to church, you, you learn quick what reaping is. Because those people, they were farmers, so they could relate to that. So I think everybody here has used a pencil. Raise your hand if you've never used a pencil in your life. We're going to talk today about the parable of the pencil. So we said a parable is an illustration that compares a truth, a spiritual truth, with something that is known. Uh, they instruct, and they have a way of correcting without offending, right? Parables have a way of correcting people without being so offensive. The first thing I want to talk to you, and if you're writing down, I'm going to give you five key things, and, and this is just going to help you a lot because the last thing I want to do as a pastor here is just have you guys sitting there waiting and watching me do my marks in history when you guys have been called by God, and just like we learned this morning, given talents by God so that you can leave your mark in history. Amen? So write this down really quick with me and your phones or whatever you have, you know, if you're old school, paper and pencil, some of you said you never used a pencil in your life. I mean, I don't know. Am I getting old? Or do, they, do they still use pencils in school? Do they, do they still have those scantrons? And, yeah. yeah? Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm not that old. All right. <laughs> Write this down. There is something good inside the pencil. We're going to start with that. All right. There is something good inside the pencil. What does a pencil have? In the center of it. Come on, everybody. Lead. lead. And lead is what's used to write. If the pencil didn't have lead, it wouldn't write. That's the pencil's purpose. This pencil, I don't know who created this, and I thank Daniela for the prop. It doesn't have a brand. I know there's Papermate. Paper, does Papermate still make pencils? Yeah, yeah okay, Papermate. When Mr. Papermate <laughs> created the pencil, he put lead in the pencil and he created the pencil to write that's the purpose God created you to leave a mark 
and your generation. Come on, tell somebody. God created you to leave a mark in this generation. So the pencil's purpose is to write. Check it out. The true value and the true worth of the pencil, it's in its lead. It's in what's in the center of it, inside of it. When God created everything, and you guys know this, you guys have read Genesis since Sunday school. Some of you guys have been, like Marcos was sharing in church since you were a kid. We know that everything that God created was what? How did he describe it? Good. Come on, tell somebody close to you. Tell them, God doesn't make cheap stuff. He doesn't make secondhand things. I've heard some people say that the reason why God first created Adam and then Eve is because God first did the rough draft and then he made the final cop. It, that is blasphemous. That is blasphemous because God doesn't do bad things. All right. Come on, look at somebody close to you and tell them whether you're a guy or a girl. He made you good. <laughs> but check this out. Here's the problem. Sin entered the world, and you guys know that's separation from God. The Bible says that sin separated us from God. It's that, it's that barrier that came between us and God. And even man wanted to get to God, but because of sin, they couldn't. So then Jesus came, and he redeemed us. He came, he died on the cross, he redeemed us. Then he ascended to heaven, but he left us the Holy Spirit. When we let God in our hearts, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and makes room and inhabits this temple. I mean, you don't see something supernatural. You didn't see like this weird ghost, like sometimes you see in the movies, this like mist come inside of you. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of you. He lives inside. It's God living inside of us. Isn't that amazing? We have little perspective when we're going through situations and sometimes we get overwhelmed. Maybe there's people here sitting right now in one of these seats and you're overwhelmed with what you have to go and confront tomorrow morning on Monday in school or at work. And sometimes it's because you don't realize who lives inside of you. God lives inside of you. You have all the power you need. You have all the resources you need. You just have to understand and know what are your rights and that God lives inside of you. Where am I going with all this? Just like the lead in the pencil, the Holy Spirit gives us purpose. The Holy Spirit, what lives inside of us, what's in our center, just like lead is in the center of the pencil, the Holy Spirit is what gives us purpose. Come on, anybody. Can anybody give praise to God? It gives us purpose. The lead is in the center of the pencil for a purpose, and it's to write. Success lives within you. Everything you need to leave a mark is inside of you already. Through God, you can move mountains. Through God, you could accomplish your callings. Through God, you could do everything that God's called you to do. You have what it takes. Come on, help me preach to somebody and tell them, in case you didn't know, everything you need, you already have. God lives inside of us. Now, that's awesome. We know that God lives inside of us. We're created to leave a mark. But as you guys know, a pencil must be sharpened, point number two. All right, if you guys are following me and writing notes, a pencil needs to be sharpened every so often. I remember when I was in school, yep, we used to have those old school sharpeners. They used to be in the front, right when you come into the door of the classroom, they used to have these sharpeners, these weird things. You used to put the pencil inside and no, 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 we didn't have those. Manual, baby. Just like the cars. Well, you, can, you guys probably don't even remember the cars. Some cars, you know, you don't have electric windows. You have to roll them down. Well, you had to sharpen your pencil by rolling the sharpener. 
<laughs> so everybody say a pencil must be sharpened. Check it out. In order for a pencil to have value and be useful, it must be sharpened. Let me give you a few examples. Abraham. Abraham was called by God and he obeyed. The Bible says that he was the father of multitudes. But at first it wasn't easy. He needed to be processed. You know, sometimes we complain when, when we go through situations of sharpening. And, you know, sharpening, it's pretty uncomfortable. When you sharpen a pencil, pieces of the pencil fall off. It's like you're being shaved. You're being... God's getting rid of excess stuff that you don't need. And let's go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Somebody's being sharpened today. But why do we sharpen? We sharpen pencils because they get dull. When the tip gets really rounded or you've used so much of the lead that now it's literally on the wood and you can't write well, it's time for a change. You can't leave a mark unless you're sharpened. And we don't realize that sometimes God sharpens us because he's up to something. I don't know why sometimes, we, maybe it's a lack of revelation, but sometimes we get upset when God is sharpening us. And, and God is taking things away, maybe stripping people away from your life. Maybe he's taking things, situations. Maybe God allows it for you to lose your job. And you're like, God, what, what in the world? Now is when I started giving my tithe after a year coming to church. And now I lose. What in the world is going? God's sharpening you. Because he wants to give you a business. Or he wants to promote you. So you have to understand that even though we're a pencil, God called us. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. We have a purpose. That purpose is to leave a mark. Sometimes we need to be sharpened. Let me give you another example. King David was anointed king. The Bible says that Saul, which was the prophet, anointed David to be the next king. He was only 15, 16 years old. But how long did it take him from that point to become king? It took him the whole process of being sharpened. And it wasn't an easy or convenient process. You see, sometimes we come to church and we want everything to be convenient and easy. But sometimes it's in the in the difficult moments when Saul is trying to persecute David to kill him, where we don't understand as human beings, but if you take time to go to God and say, God, why is all this happening to me? Why is stuff not going well in my life? What, what, what's going on? Because sometimes we don't realize it, but it's God sharpening you because your lead is not exposed. You can't leave a mark now, even if you tried. Since there's no lead, you can't do anything. So God has to sharpen you so that you can leave a mark. How many say amen to that? So tell somebody close to you, you need to allow God to sharpen you. This pencil was probably, I guess, two inches bigger than this. But this, this must have been sharpened a few times. Am I right? So sometimes we think that God only sharpens us once. But every time you're leaving a mark, you know, when you leave a mark, you're giving of yourself. And we have to understand that there's seasons in life, and God uses those seasons to sharpen us. How many say amen? It's a painful process. Amen? But we have to understand that by sharpening, God makes you sharp. And it's always for the better. Amen? All right, number three. I don't want to be too long today. It's my birthday. I want to celebrate. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm teasing. Number three. A pencil must always leave a mark. Number three, a pencil must always leave a mark. You need to understand, not everybody in this place is going to be a preacher. Although we have some good ones that are 
you know, starting to develop into amazing preachers in this place. And I'm not just talking about people that you see here in the altar like Jesus and like, like some of you guys. I'm talking about some of you guys that are there nice and quiet. And, but I do realize that not everybody's going to be a preacher. But I believe there's authors here. There's people that are going to have maybe never step in a pulpit to preach. But you're going to have hundreds of people following you through your HOBs. Through people that you're going to mentor and disciple and teach. How many say amen? So look what it says in Acts 13, 36. I want to get into the Bible so that you don't say, you know, Pastor Jonathan is just preaching out of a parable from Google. <laughs> Acts 13, 36. Look what it says here. For when David, speaking of King David, had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and his body decayed. Now, David lived a long life with I mean, we've preached so much about David, David and Goliath, right? David and this, David and that, David being persecuted by Saul, David being anointing, David killing the, the bear and the lion and lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And we've heard about all that. But it's saying here, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, it's saying when, when David had left his mark, when David did everything that God called him to do and it was time to go, he fell asleep. Notice that God never says, for those people that serve God, then they died. You know, he, he, he died. He's not even euphemistic. And he says he passed away. But notice here that he's saying he fell asleep. Amen? David, after he left his mark in the world, he fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and his body decayed. But his spirit is living. How many say amen? This is what God is telling us. He's telling us that, you know, he wants us to have clear direction and have revelation with respect to the marks that we have to leave in life. For some of us, maybe we're distracted. Maybe we haven't taken time to see God. You, maybe you've never even prayed and asked God, what is, what have you called? What are the talents that you've given me? What am I supposed to do in my calling towards you? What have you called me to do? What's my, what's my sweet spot? Where do you, how do you want to use me? We need to pray about this. You know, even though a lot of you guys are young, we need to make sure that we don't lose time in life and that we are available to what God wants to do in our lives. So that when it comes time and we're 80, 90 years old or whenever God, you know, some of you guys are expecting to live to 150. Praise God. If you have faith for that, amen. Amen. Hey, maybe I should have faith for 150. But if you're planning on living that long, the most important thing is that you can rest assured and say, God, I know that I left my mark. I know that I did what I was supposed to do, right? I know that I was called to do this. I obeyed, and I have stories to tell my children, to motivate them, to serve God. And that's what we need to do. Everybody say, we need to leave a mark. Amen. After sharpening, a pencil is now ready to write. The average pencil writes about 45,000 words. And just as the pencil, David had served God according to God's purpose. There's a pastor called Rick Warren. A lot of you guys know him in California. He wrote a book that became a huge bestseller, and it's called Purpose Driven Life. And then they made Purpose Driven Youth, Purpose Driven Marriage, Purpose Driven Everything. But it was a best-selling book because Pastor Rick Warren was used by God to write that the purpose of every human being begins in fulfilling God's purpose. You could do so many things in your personal life. And, you know, I was thinking this morning that, Pastor Maldonado was going to take it in that direction because he said that the guy who received one talent, he took it and he buried it and he just 
protected it or paid people. But another possibility, as he was saying that, is that maybe the guy just buried the talent and just did a lot of things, but for himself. He could have gone and built huge businesses. He could have been successful in the world standard. But, you know, you could be successful in how the world understands that term and not be leaving your mark in the world. When you allow God to use you to leave your mark, God will make you successful in everything else. But one of the prayers that we need to make sure, JTP Church, that we pray every day is that God help me leave a mark in my generation. Teach me how I could be useful for your kingdom. How can I get people to understand that you are king? How can I mentor other people? How can I, in my HOB, multiply it and be able to build disciples, which is what you have created me? What are the tools that you've given me? Connect me with that grace, that supernatural power that you said is available to me. And we need to pray about this. How many say amen? We need to make a mark because the same way paper made created the pencil to leave marks in papers God created us to leave a mark in this generation. Amen? David did his part, but he's no longer here. Now we're here. This is our generation. This is our time. This is our moment. And the question that I want to bug you with this day, if you may, is am I leaving a mark? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I know that a lot of you guys just came from the crash course. And I know that God ministered to a lot of you guys and, and you guys... I'm sure made decisions to say, look, I'm not going to be just a, a mediocre Christian. I want to be on fire for God. I want to talk to people about Christ. And, and it's important to do that. But don't wait just for the next crash course to be recommitted again. Make sure that this is a daily thing in your life and that you're always available because God is always wanting to make a mark through your life. How many say amen? You're the only one that can fulfill God's purpose for your life. Zig Ziglar said that success True success in life is being able to hear Jesus say these words, well done, good and faithful servant. If you get to the end of your life and you have that moment, that personal moment with God, and he comes to you and he tells you, well done, good and faithful servant, then you could say you were successful. Amen? Come on, put your arms around somebody close to you and tell them it's time to leave our mark and to become focused. Yes. Number four, every pencil has an eraser. Every pencil has an eraser. When Papermate manufactured this pencil, or whoever manufactured it, they knew that those who would use it would commit grammatical errors and would change ideas often. So they affixed an eraser. So you could erase your mistakes. The audio man has to erase that mistake. <laughs> Now check it out. While we make our marks in the world, we will make mistakes. We will fail. We will go through times of discouragement. Anybody here can say and testify to that, right? Raise your hand if you've never made a mistake. All right, raise your hand if you have made a mistake. All of us. We've made mistakes. We've failed. We've gone through times of discouragement. But glory to God for the blood of Jesus that washes us and gives us a new opportunity to be able to continue leaving marks despite our mistakes. Well, As you guys know, one of the examples that we use today was David. And David, despite all the amazing things that he did, he made mistakes as well. The Bible says that he slept with a woman that wasn't his. And then he had the husband of that woman killed so that no one would find out because he got her pregnant. I mean, this is some serious drama in the Bible. And this is a man after God's heart. 
And sometimes we think that because we made mistakes, God can't erase them and God can't forgive them. You know, the enemy is very astute. What he does, he gets us to fall. And after we fall, he accuses you. The Bible says that he, he's the accuser of the brethren. He accuses you. He says, you did this all. And, and now you come to church to worship. And now you think God's going to use you after what you did. But how many say that God is a restoring God? Maybe there's people here that you failed God. You know what? God does not like sin, but if you repent with all your heart, the Bible says that God could cleanse you of that sin and God could restore you and God can push you in the right direction so that you will leave a mark, just like David did. You know, we've heard of David's beginning, how he was anointed, God lifted him up. We've talked a little bit about how he defeated the lion, the bear, how he defeated Goliath. He was king of Israel. Then it was his downfall. But we also just finished reading the end. And after all the things that happened in his life, some good and some bad, God says that David served his generation with purpose. And I declare that over your life. Don't ever let mistakes slow you down. If you made a mistake, first of all, repent. And repent is asking God to forgive you and give you strength to not fall in the same thing over and over. Amen? Because we will leave a mark in everything that God has called us to do. Yes. Amen. After confessing his sin, David was restored after he committed adultery and later homicide. He was restored. Everybody say there's restoration in the power of Jesus. God can restore you. He can restore your marriage. He can restore your life. He can restore your pride. He can restore your value. Sometimes it's the value. You know, we heard some of the testimonies from the crash course this morning. And the devil messes with young people and saying, you're, you're not worth anything. And, and because of certain situations that happened to us when we were young, we think that we're not. But God comes and he restores and he says, you're valuable. You're important to me. And God restores our value. Amen. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16, before we get to the last point. It says, for though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Come on, everybody say, I'm going to rise again. Every single time you fall, you got to understand that God is there with you. There's redemption in his blood. And as long as your repentance is genuine, you'll receive power, grace, favor, anything you need to overcome that sin and be all that God called you to do. And then he says... The righteous man falls seven times and he rises again. But the wicked are brought down by calamity. And last but not least, <laughs> maybe the most important thing. Because you were saying, fine, I get it. Pastor Jonathan, I'm the pencil. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. I need to leave a mark. But how in the world am I going to leave a mark? How? Well, last point is someone must hold the pencil. Someone must hold the pencil and let me add to that and this is going to hit home to some people quit trying to hold yourself a pencil can't write on its own a pencil it wasn't designed to write on its own when papermate designed the pencil he designed them to be held by somebody that would guide him you know sometimes when you want to do things your way and you don't let god do it you're in essence trying to be the pencil and hold yourself. Quit trying to hold yourself or quit keeping the writer from holding you. A pencil only works if someone holds it. Check it out. If a poet holds it, it will write poetry. If an artist holds a pencil, it will make a beautiful drawing. 
If an accountant holds a pencil, he will work out numbers. What about you? Who's going to hold you is the question I want to ask you today as we start wrapping this up. Who are you going to allow to hold you? And Jesus left us a promise. In John chapter 10, 28 and 29, he said these words. He says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. You see, you were meant to be held by God. Come on, tell somebody close to you. No one. Not that problem that you're going through. Not that person that's making your life miserable. Not that person that's belittled you all your life. No one can snatch you out of God's hands. That's powerful. No one can snatch them out of my hand. And then he continues saying, verse 29, My Father who has given them to me. This is Jesus saying this, all right? My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. What an amazing, incredible story of protection. Talk about security. God is telling us, man, look, you're in my hands. Quit struggling, quit trying, fighting against me. Allow me to work my magic. My gosh, if, if a poet can just write some beautiful words with the pencil, if an artist could do these incredible paintings that the other day there was... I saw a video, somebody shared with me a video that they had a worship session. And in one of our youth conference, we did it. We had an artist come and while they were worshiping, she was painting. And you can't tell what, what it is that she's painting. But after a while, you start seeing the face of Jesus. And it was amazing. And sometimes God is, you can't tell what God is doing at the beginning. But you just got to trust him. Amen. Because sometimes you want to be so in control that you want to tell God what he should be writing and what he should be doing with your life. But when you deposit your life and put your trust in God and say, God, I, I want to leave a mark and I don't want it to be my mark. I want it to be your mark. What was the talent that you have given me? What was the calling that you have entrusted me with? And whatever it is, Lord, I submit to you and I want to make sure that just as Papermate created this pencil with the purpose of writing, and created it with the intention to be held by someone that would give it purpose, God, the same way. I want to put my life and my talents and my time and my resources in your hands so that I could be used by you to leave a mark in my generation. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus who entrusts us. Stand on your feet, JTP Church. We, we spoke about a pencil being able to write 45,000 words in average. I want to tell you something and pay attention. I'm wrapping it up here, but I want you to pay attention to these last words. While you write, you will make mistakes. But the maker has provided you with an eraser to erase those mistakes. Don't ever let mistakes keep you from writing or keeping the master from using you to write. We must allow God to change us in order to leave a mark in our families and our friends and all the people who come across us. And make sure that just like David, you will leave a mark as long as you live. Through the trials, failures, mistakes, God will sharpen us to make us better day by day. Some of you guys are probably going through a season of sharpening right now. Some of you guys are maybe trying to find yourself and saying, God, where am I? Well, you know, if you trust God and you lay your life in the hands of the master, not only 
God's going to make sure that nobody snatches you away. But he's going to make sure that you're going to be able to write. And you're going to be able to accomplish your purpose. And your purpose never just has to do with yourself. As a matter of fact, God wants to use you to affect your generation. Always, when God uses you and you lay your life down in God's hands, it's always to bless other people. Amen? God has created us to be people that influence our generation. You know, now there's so many things going on out there and young people being bold about what they believe in, being bold about certain things. And, and as the church of Christ, we have to be bolder than I don't care what cause. We need to be outspoken about what we believe. We need to leave a mark in our generation. So the parable of the pencil goes like this. The pencil maker took the pencil aside just before putting it into the box. There are five things you need to know, he told the pencil, before I send you out into the world. Always remember them and never forget and you will become the best pencil you can be. Number one, you'll be able to do many great things, but only if you allow yourself to be held in someone's hand. Number two, you will experience a painful sharpening from time to time, but you'll need it to become a better pencil. Number three, you'll be able to correct mistakes you will make. Number four, the most important part of you will always be what's inside. Come on, tell somebody, it's not about you. It's about what's inside. <laughs> and number five, on the surface you are used on, you must leave your mark. No matter what the condition, you must continue to write. No matter where you are in life right now, no matter what people have said, no matter what you feel, you need to make sure that you are in the right hands and making the right marks. Amen? And I want you to close your eyes right now as we wrap it up today. And it's incredible how God sometimes could use just a pencil to speak to us. I think this brings perspective to our lives. And sometimes, at least this happened to me growing up, one of the things that I had to struggle the most with is believing that God could use me. You know, I... I I was the type of person that I struggled a lot with just saying, God, are you sure? I mean, I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think I have the right pencil. You should hold other pencils. I'm not the right pencil. That, I'm not the, one, the pencil that you want to hold. And sometimes we struggle with God and, and we question ourselves because, you know, in the process, we're thinking, oh my gosh, how is this guy going to use me? I'm not, I can't speak well. I can't sing. I can't do this. I can't do that. And, and you're just trying to figure it all out. And you don't realize, like the apostle said this morning, David Maldonado, he said, before the creation of the universe, God already assigned to you those talents. God already knows. It's settled. It's done. It happened already. And God already knows what it is because he created you with that, with that grace, with that favor, with that calling. The important thing. And what I had to convince myself as a young man growing up is I have to lay my life down, lay, lay my insecurities down as well, lay all these feelings, lay my doubts, and lay them at the feet of the cross and believe that God is going to use me. So what I want to do today is be able to open up the altar and say, God, for the people that today want to make a commitment and say, God, I want to leave my mark in my time here. Every single word of the people that came over here really touched my heart and it ministered me. And, and in that, I was remember all, remembering all the time that I struggled with God. Saying, God, you know, this, I wasn't created to leave this mark. 
thinking that I was just going to be a musician or, I don't know, so many other things, an accountant. And God started ministering, and, and sometimes it took something like today for God to show me, look, you see what I was talking about? Never in a thousand years would I, you know, when I was 17, would I thought that something like this would have happened. That people would have said, look, you made a difference in my life. You've helped me grow in the Lord. You've helped me get closer to him. You've, you've encouraged me to be able to, never whatever I thought. And if I wouldn't have let the master hold me, it wouldn't have happened. But sometimes we got to take and put ourselves and our thoughts to the side and say, Lord, whatever your will, I am willing. I surrender my will. And I've always loved that quote, maybe because it hit home for me. That quote that says, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. But you have to answer the call, right? And God's waiting for people to say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. Here I am, God. I'm Moses. I can't even talk. And you want to send me to the greatest man in the world. <laughs> and you want to tell him to let all those million slaves leave? Me, stuttering Moses? And then Gideon, when the angel comes to Gideon, he says, you're a brave man. You've been chosen by God to deliver your generation. And he's like, huh? I'm, I'm the smallest one of my family. And my family is the smallest of the tribe. And my tribe is the smallest of Israel. Are you sure you came to the right person? But all these people, because they allowed themselves to be held by the master, did amazing things. And you read about them in Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. You know what? History is still being written. All that's been passed, but there's a generation that needs Jesus today. The master is still looking for pencils that are willing to be held. And today there's still pencils, people that have been called, that have resources, that have talents. And you know what? All God is looking for is for you to answer his call. Don't worry about your qualifications. Don't worry, don't worry about how God's going to use you. That, that'll come. God will reveal it to you. He's just waiting and looking for people that are willing. So the calling today is, how many of you guys are willing to relinquish your own desires and maybe quit holding your own self and allow God to hold you so you could be surprised at the things that God is willing to do. I stand here today saying it's to God be the glory because nothing that I've achieved, if anything, I've been able to do it in my own power. It's all God. So close your eyes. I'm going to ask the worship team to play. And if God's spoken to you and if you're struggling with one of these things, holding yourself or with believing God that you were created to leave a mark in this generation, come over. God wants to speak to you and whatever barriers were detaining you, just like Jesus broke them off my life, he's going to break them off your life. Let's worship.